first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Avalon from Iowa, and today we'll be talking about Strange World, The Last Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, Devotion, Anibo, and The Christmas Challenge. And first up, we'll be reviewing Strange World with Catherine. How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you? Pretty good. So just to start us, uh, could you give just, I guess, a short summary of what this film is about? Yeah, for sure. So uh, the movie Strange World uh, follows the clades, which are uh, Jaeger Clade, who is the dad, and then Searcher Clade, who is the son. And so they're legendary explorers in the mythical city of Avalonia, and they could tackle any challenge or adventure. And then, uh, however, when Jaeger goes on a mission and he doesn't return, uh, Searcher stops exploring the outside world because he isn't as much like his dad. So he finds an energy source called Pando that greatly affects Avalonia. So they have this new energy source and they can really expand. But then Pando suddenly starts dying. And so Searcher, who is all grown up now, uh, must go on a really important adventure to fix the problem and then explore the untraveled and quote unquote strange world. (laughs) And uh, were there any um, voice talent that you found kind of went above and beyond expectations? Yeah, so everybody had really great performances, but my personal favorite voices uh, were from Jake Gyllenhaal, who was Searcher, um, Gabrielle Union, who was Meridian, which was his wife, um, and then Dennis Quaid, which is Jaeger. Um, So Jake Gyllenhaal, I feel like he was really perfectly cast as Searcher, um, because he really gives off such a protective and caring vibe as a dad and husband. And he was really excited to do this movie because he always grew up watching Disney as a younger kid, like most young kids do. So he was really happy to do that. Um, Gabrielle Union, she portrays her character Meridian as a really wise and admirable, admirable role model. I think that a lot of people can look up to her because you know she's a pilot and she's yeah i think she's just a really great role model and she's very wise and dennis quaid's voice uh really fits the big and booming uh jaeger clade uh jaeger is you know he's tall and he's buff and i feel like uh dennis quaid's voice was just so fitting and it sounded even if you hadn't even seen the character like he was important you know Sounds like a very impressive uh, cast. Mm-hmm. And so what would you, I guess, say that the, how would you say the quality of the animation was? The quality, I am always so not surprised of Disney because Disney is <laughs> Disney and they're really good at animation. But it just it's so incredible how they can get such a high quality of animation because all of like it's just improving and improving and it looks so clean and especially with this new world it it it's really honestly like phenomenal 
And uh, what exactly makes this world so strange? So, you know, they have uh, weird creatures that they discover. Um, They look like they could be, you know, straight out of something like maybe Avatar or Dr. Seuss, but they all tie in together. Um, I would say that the production quality, however, is probably the best part of this movie. I think that the the first half of the storyline is pretty strong. I think it, it can be entertaining, but... However, closer to the end, I think that there's there's a big bigger plot twist that younger kids uh, will find confusing because it does require like a higher level of education to understand. It's just kind of a complex topic that nobody really under at least eight would understand. So I don't know. Uh, I think that the you know the the strangeness. Um, really just comes from all the places they discover and you know also the the creatures and um do you have a favorite character or scene in this film i think my favorite scene is where they find splat which is one of the other characters um so one of the characters is like gets lost and they find splat uh and splat's just you know cute little faceless I don't know, splat. <laughs> so I thought it was a really cute moment. And uh, I think that I enjoyed that one the most. Sounds very cute. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Strange World, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, Devotion, Spirited, Anibo, and The Christmas Challenge. And right now we'll be continuing our review of Strange World with Catherine. So uh, to keep us going, um, how would you say people could potentially relate to the show, even though it's in a fantasy world? So I think that it really shows that it has a lot of strong messages, like we need to respect our planet uh, and its resources, uh, because if not, it's just going to be detrimental. And honestly, I'm I'm this movie uh, really focuses on representing a diverse and inclusive set of characters and it really shows kids what the real world is like and I think that it can be relatable to a lot of people because it's just showing like a lot of diversity. And um, and how would you say that these characters develop as the film progresses? So I think that all of the characters develop uh, pretty smoothly. I would say all of the characters maybe realize what maybe was wrong in their thinking or maybe, you know, what they can change or just how much they've grown. I think that you can definitely see that the characters have changed. That sounds very cool. And um, what do you hope viewers will uh, take away from this film? I think that uh, viewers should take away that you need to be like easier on your kids and maybe not put too many expectations for maybe like your job or profession and that you really need to make your own choices. And that also, as I mentioned, the environmental messages um, because we really just need to care for where we live and try to, you know, coexist with everything there. Those sound like some really good messages. Yeah, it really was. And there were really strong messages. And, you know, all of the, like, 
I think it was pretty strong in quite a few aspects. I think that the only thing that kind of fell short was the storyline. So what do you believe kind of fell short in the storyline? So as I mentioned, it's just a bit complex for younger kids, but maybe kids for older, maybe my age, they're going to want to watch like Black Panther or other movies that are in theaters right now. So I think it's just a very small age group. And I guess since Disney has been making like a lot of musicals, I guess like in Kanto because in Frozen, because it's the same studios uh, that produced uh, this, that produced that. And I think I was just expecting maybe more of like a relatable, maybe a kid's thing that I think all kids could enjoy. Maybe some music, uh, more music, I guess, like singing. I just think it kind of fell short with that. And I feel like it just wasn't exactly what I expected because the the plot twist just kind of came out of nowhere. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it was just, I mean, it made sense, but it also just wasn't really... I guess complex or it was complex and it was confusing and stuff. And I think in the theater, it was probably the most bathroom breaks and questions asked from little kids that I have seen in a long time. And to finish this off, what star rating and age recommendation would you give this and where can we watch it? Yeah. So I give strange world three out of five stars and I recommend it for ages eight to 12. Uh, This movie uh, released in theaters on November 23rd, so you can watch it now. Yeah. Well, thank you for talking with me, Catherine. Of course. Let's take a break. I'm Avalon from Iowa, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh. Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Avalon from Iowa, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Strange World, Glass Onion, and Knives Out Mystery, Devotion, Anemo, and The Christmas Challenge. And next up, we'll be listening to Benjamin's interview with Rianne Johnson on Glass Onion, a Knives Out Mystery. Hello, this is Kids First, and I'm Benjamin Price, and today I'll be talking with Ryan Johnson, writer and director of 
Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. <laughs> How are you doing today? Welcome I'm to doing the festival. Great, Benjamin. Thanks for, thanks for sitting down and talk. Um, so where did this movie first start brewing for you? And I'm curious, was it always Benoit Blanc-centric? And how did COVID-19 sort of change the path that the story ended up taking? So a, a few years ago, I did the first movie, which is called Knives Out. And that was kind of the start of thinking it'd be really fun to do a whodunit. And I grew up reading Agatha Christie's books. I grew up watching the movies based on her books. I love the genre so much. And so the idea of doing my own version of that just seemed like so much fun. And so coming up with the character of Benoit Blanc in that first movie was kind of where it all started. And Daniel, Craig, and I had so much fun making that first movie. Mm-hmm. It, was, it felt like having a party, like just being on that set. We were just having a blast. And so... We just kept saying, if we can make more of these, you know, and, and if we can make them interesting each time and make them feel different every time so that we don't get bored and hopefully the audience doesn't get bored, um, we'll keep doing that. So, yeah. so sitting down to write this one, that was it. It was just kind of, okay, it's going to be Daniel as the detective, as Benoit Blanc. The Poirot. Whole new, yeah, whole new cast of characters, whole new setting, whole new mystery, like, like a whole new mystery novel. It's like opening up a whole new book. And yeah, that was kind of where it started. And I wrote this movie during um, 2020. So I wrote it right when the first lockdown was happening and we were all alone in our homes. Um, and another big part of these movies is they're whodunits, but instead of being in England in the past, they're in America in modern day right now. Yeah. And so it would have felt weird to have this huge thing yeah. that we all went through and not acknowledge that, that it happened. Hopefully we hit it with a very light touch because it's obviously a very serious thing that happened. Yeah. And these are not very serious movies, but it, it would have felt strange for it not to be not to be a part of it. You know, well, and um, I just this is a question more for me, to be honest. What what do you what else was Benoit Blanc up to prior to when we see him in lockdown and Glass Onion? Because the way in which he's introduced is quite delightful. <laughs> Appreciate that. Uh, yeah, we kind of find him in the middle of lockdown, losing his mind a little bit. I mean, I think prior to that, I love one of the things I love, and this is something that's in a lot of detective fiction that I love. Every time the detective is introduced, he makes some reference, or somebody makes a re- oh my god, you're the one who solved. The murder of that ballerina. Oh, you're the one who solved that that murder with the skyscraper. Yeah. You're the, you know, and, and so the notion that he's just had this endless amount of incredibly glamorous, cool cases, and we just get to hear about a few of them. To me, that's 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 really really fun. I like to think he's keeping busy. You know. Well, and you spent a lot of time with this character the past few years. I'm curious. How how deep does your mental file go? And also, when you're writing his dialogue, do you keep how intentionally vague do you keep his past? Because we realize like we don't know all that much about him. You know, <laughs> we haven't been to the Blanc family reunion. Yeah. We don't know where he went to school. I'm keeping. I mean, I, I I've got in my head kind of a growing thing of who he is. But yeah. I feel like with these movies, and this is something again, it goes back to the detective movies that I that I or detective books that I love. Like with Poirot, the reality is you don't really know that much about him. You get yeah. little glimpses, you get like his personal habits, you see how he lives, but you don't dive into a deep backstory of him. I actually think that's really important. To mm-hmm. me, what's important, even when you have somebody as magnetic as Daniel Craig, as big a movie star and as good an actor as Daniel Craig, to remember these movies are about the mystery. Yeah. And so his role in it is not to dive into the de- the depths of who is 
Benoit Blanc, it's for him to play his role as the detective in the mystery um, and for that to kind of take center stage. So I think it's fun seeing little glimpses of it. Yeah. And hopefully we'll get to keep doing that and build up a bigger picture of him. But uh, but yeah, it's it's all got to be about finding out who done it. Yeah. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Strange World, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, Devotion, Anibo, and The Christmas Challenge. And right now, we're continuing Benjamin's interview with Rian Johnson on Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. And speaking of the whodunit, how much of the mystery do you choose to divulge to a cast member when you're pitching it to them? And at what point, like even in filming, do you, you know, unveil? Not to, <laughs> not to tiptoe into spoilers or anything, yeah, but yeah, do yeah. you unveil the true? Well, by the time I go out to cast, I have the script written. Yeah. So I just give them the script. Okay. And I don't, I, don't, I don't play coy with anybody. I feel like these are all such good actors. Yeah. They're going to do their best work if they have all the information and can calibrate their performance to that. Yeah. So everybody knows everything going into it. There's, there's all the spoilers are out there. Yeah. But, um, but the way I want them to experience it is not by me kind of telling them about it I want them to read the script and that first read of the script where they can have hopefully kind of the experience an audience has watching the movie for a first time Mm -hmm. I want them to experience that so they know kind of what we're going for at the end of the day you know well and speaking about those pre-production going off of those pre-production phases I know that you are you've strayed away from table reads in your work what do you what do you sort of do in the place of that to know that like your cast members are locked in to these like hyper specific personalities that's a really, really good question. Yeah, I, I, I did one table read, like when I made my first movie, Brick, and had such a terrible time doing it. I haven't done one since. And um, I just, I, it's weird. So a table read, for anyone who's watching who doesn't know, is when it's before you shoot the movie, you get the whole cast around a table with the scripts, and you do a live reading of the script, basically. Um, I find it very unuseful and very frustrating because it's the first time everyone's hearing the movie and I can't direct it at all. Yes. <laughs> I can't control it at all. <laughs> and so, uh, so what I prefer is for everyone to read the script and then we just get together and we talk about it. Yeah. You know? And so we'll get together as a big group. We'll get together in little groups. We'll maybe read through a couple scenes here and there. Um, I feel like with this, we kind of had the advantage of uh, the actors coming into it had seen the first movie. So they kind of knew the tonal even though this is slightly different than the first one tonally it's a little broader but they kind of knew what we were aiming for and so we kind of just show up on set and start playing with it and i don't know what the combination of factors is but it feels like it all kind of clicks in pretty quickly in terms of everyone getting what the game is you know um i think i'm getting the call to wrap up so i'm just gonna fire off a couple more no we're good we got three minutes no we're good we're good sorry i apologize we're not Um, can you talk about benoit blanc's food-based philosophy we had we had the donuts in the first one now the onion is in the title (laughs) it's like he's writing these now i think where did that come from well i think he he likes his overwrought metaphors that's one of the things i kind of slowly grabbed onto with him is he likes to hear himself talk obviously and he likes a good metaphor that he can beat to death and so i don't know if it'll always be food based yeah. uh but uh the, the, one of the early things with this mystery was the idea that it seems densely layered but the center is in plain yeah. sight and so 
having him grab onto that and love kind of that metaphor, that to me is kind of the thing that's probably going to keep going. Yeah. I, I don't know if it'll always be food. And the next one will be called, yeah, I don't know, the, 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 no hot, dog, the hot dog killings <laughs> or something. I don't know, yeah. Who's someone, yeah, who's someone you want to work with uh, that you haven't yet that you want to see in the next Benoit Blanc mystery, the hot dog murders or whatever <laughs> we're calling it? You heard it here first. <laughs> Exclusive. Uh, well, that's that's one of the things about doing this series. That's another reason why I'll be really excited if we keep doing this. Because I, I love actors. There are so many that I just am dying to work with. Yeah. And the fact that in every one of these, we're going to have a whole new cast. And it's going to be an opportunity to assemble like a new group and to have that experience with them. Um, it's just kind of like for me it's it's like Halloween candy. It's yeah. just like it's a joy. So I, I don't know. I don't even know if I could name a single person that and I, I feel like I would jinx it if I said a name because then I would have <laughs> never working with them. But um but I, I there are so many great actors out there that I would love to collaborate with and so um the notion of, of keeping doing these movies means I'll have a better shot at that, you know? And lastly, uh unlike Benoit Blanc, are you any good at clue? I'm t- I, that, it's funny I played it recently and I remember loving it as a kid yeah, yeah it's it's you know it's it is just kind of a you just have to grind through it and go to all the rooms and collect all the things it's kind of like oh yeah this is what Clue is yeah. like I love the movie Clue and I, I love the aesthetics of the game I guess but uh, I'm pretty bad at it you just I do, have to go down the list you gotta yeah. go down the list man it's just grinding it out um, but I guess that's what we do in the movie too yeah. so. but um, I do love crossword puzzles I, that's my version of playing like a mystery game I, I do the crossword puzzle every day so I am I am pretty good at that so yeah. that's one thing that Blanc and I share I think well thank you very much for talking with me today this was a true pleasure man thank uh, you Glass Onion is in theaters November 23rd and it is on Netflix December 23rd this is Benjamin Price reporting for Kids First signing off see you next time bye let's take a break I'm Avalon from Iowa and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh. Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hi, welcome back. 
I'm your host, Avon from Iowa, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Strange World, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, Devotion, Anibo, and The Christmas Challenge. And next up, we'll be reviewing Devotion with Catherine. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? Pretty good. So just to start us, can you give a brief summary of what this film's about? Yeah, so Devotion is based on the inspiring true story of the first African-American aviator in the U.S. Navy, and his name is Jesse Brown, and he's played by Jonathan Majors. And then it also shows his friendship with Tom Hudner, who was a fellow aviator, um, and he's played by Glenn Powell. So it follows them as they help change the course of the Korean War. That sounds really cool. It is. Um, how would you say that knowing this was like a true story helped you connect or feel the story more? So knowing it was a true story, it just made me feel really inspired and, you know, in awe that this, you know, actually happened and everything was real. You know, it almost did kind of feel like a documentary sometimes because or like almost like we were transported, you know, like back in time, I guess, because all of the. Uh, costumes and sets and props they were always like really accurate to the era so you know knowing it was based on true story it it just made me appreciate the film a lot more and um were there any stunts or special effects that you thought were especially impressive so all of the cinematography with the uh planes was really uh incredible uh, honestly, like the scenes of the pilots flying are really, you know, crazy and intense. And it really shows their bravery um, as their character, even though it might be on a green screen or, you know, it, it, it also just shows how the people they were playing are, you know, really brave. Um, you know, it's definitely one to watch on a huge screen. Um, to appreciate all of the full effects. But yeah, all of the flying of the planes was particularly impressive to me. That sounds very impressive. Yeah, it really was. So do you have a favorite scene or character in this film? I'd say my favorite scene was probably when they all went to uh, a party um, that they were invited to by Elizabeth Taylor. So she was like a famous actress um, of the time. And it, I thought it was really cool because her actor or her actress kind of looked like her. And I thought it was just kind of a, it was cool to see that that actually happened. What do you, I guess, what do you hope the viewers will take away from this film? You know, I think that the viewers will take away from devotion to never give up and even when the odds are against you because um jesse uh the african-american aviator he faces a a lot of prejudice and hard times and he almost uses he uses that to build himself up so he never really gives up uh and i think that that's just a really good message um that i got from this movie Mm -hmm. And uh, were there, throughout the film, were there any uh, camera angles, I guess, that were, like, really cool that you thought of? Yeah, so all of the camera angles that I thought were really cool were of them flying and of them, like, flying around the uh, 
the the war camps. So they were in uh, Korea and they were, you know, flying uh, over one of their bases. And I thought that all of those scenes, like those a- camera angles were really cool. But also when they were just training for the travels, they were on boats, they were on, you know, planes, of course. <laughs> so I always thought all of the camera angles that captured the planes were really really amazing that sounds cool i i guess i'll have to watch this film yeah it's a it's a good one if you liked movies like top gun maverick this one's pretty similar so i think that um any you know war movies uh history buffs maybe will enjoy this and to finish us off what star rating and age recommendation would you give this and where can we watch it So I give Devotion four out of five stars and I recommend it for ages 12 to 18 and adults um, just because of the violence and the war and death. And there's also um, profanity and tobacco and alcohol consumption. Um, And it comes out or it came out in theaters on November 23rd. So it's already out and you can go see it. Thank you for talking with me, Catherine. Of course. It's great to talk to you. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Strange World, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, Devotion, Spen and Bo, and The Christmas Challenge. And right now we'll be switching over to Zoe's interview with Lola Ray on Enabo. Hi everyone, I'm Saikanola reporting for Kids First, and today I'm interviewing Lola Ray, whose previous credits include Yesterday and Cheaper by the Dozen. And today, this is her debut in the new animated film, Imbo, Spirits of the Amazon. Hi Lola, welcome to Zoe the Movies and Kids First, how are you? I'm really good, how are you? I'm great, thank you. Um, so to start off, how was the process of giving life to Inbo? She has like kind of an accent, a very particular one that I noted. So did you see certain images of how your character was going to look before? I did see a picture of it because they had like a little poster thing. And yeah, I did have to have an accent. I don't know. <laughs> um, they just said, do your best. And so I did. And apparently it was perfect for the movie. So it was kind of hard to like keep the accent going the entire time, film, like, uh, voicing it. But, you know, after a while, it just came kind of naturally. It was, like, a very... You did an amazing job, and it was uh, super good for the character, I think. Um, and working in a project like this, obviously, you don't have to memorize, but you do um, have to give her life. So what do you think was the most challenging part in working in voiceovers? Mm. To be honest, it kind of came, like, kind of naturally to me. But trying to express the emotion, because there's like a lot of emotions going on in that movie. (laughs) So trying to express each emotion without being able to like show my face and like show my body. So it was like, it was a little tough there, but you know, just do my best and it worked. So we're rocking with it. It did work. I was talking to Dr. Jose about how obviously this is animation not real life so it's very different and you still want to convey those emotions and for the audience to connect which i think that i definitely did and i also love that there's so many really powerful messages um underlines throughout the entire film and obviously imbo has her best friend zumi and the spirit guides um and i think she's kind of a loner but at the same time very brave by doing everything by herself so what do you want kids to take away from this character well, like everyone's telling Imbo that she's like 
the bad spirit in the Amazon and that she's just the one basically ruining the Amazon. And she's really just trying to convince them that she's not. And so she really just stayed true to herself and she, you know, girl bossed her way through it. So, you know, just take away that don't listen to anyone, just keep doing you and, you know, you're good. I think that she's something that kids can definitely connect with. And not only is she like a princess, but I think she's kind of like a warrior. But like, she doesn't know that at the beginning, she kind of discovers that at the end. At the beginning, she felt like useless. And then at the end, she kind of brings everyone together. She built up her confidence. Yeah. (laughs) So um, how important do you think it is of the message also? Because this is a film really dedicated to the planet as well. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Amazonian rainforest. So how do you think, and reaching out to kids, do you think that they should be more conscious about our environment? I think they for sure should, because, I mean, like, in this day and age, there's a lot of the ozone, you know, that whole thing. The There's a lot of, like, gasoline, and there's a lot of global warming going on, and there's just a lot of things that are really just tearing down the environment. So I think that we really need to be mindful and cautious about that and, you know, once the earth is got like totally destroyed what are you gonna do so you know right. protect it yeah and other actors like leonardo dicaprio or emma watson are very dedicated to or active about saving the planet so um are you inspired to possibly do something similar especially after this project yes very much i was i was inspired by that like way before so this was just like you know the cherry on top i finally get to you know represent it now so that was cool you started working at a very young age. Um, so what do you love to do, I guess, when you're not filming or doing a voiceover? I like the beach a lot. So I like surfing. I like swimming. Um, I, do, I don't know. I do, like do a lot. So <laughs> I sing, dance, play guitar. I do karate. So there's, there's like a lot that goes on in my life. <laughs> Right. And for your next character, you said you sing. Would you want to play a different character who maybe has like some singing incorporated or do you have a hundred percent? A hundred percent. That would be really cool. Yeah, I can totally see you doing that as well. Well, thank you so much for talking with me. I had such a pleasure talking to you and huge congratulations on the film. I think it was beautiful. Everything, the animation and obviously the voice you really gave this character life. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was really great talking to you, too. And by the way, you're like super pretty. Just saying. Oh my God, no, it's all you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you all so much for watching. Rainbow Spirits of the Amazon will be available November 29th, digital DVD and on demand. And I'll see you in the next one. Let's take a break. I'm Avalon from Isla, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. 
For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh. Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Avon from Iowa, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Strange World, The Last Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, Devotion, Anibo, and The Christmas Challenge. And next up, we will be listening to Ishan's interview with the cast of The Christmas Challenge about The Christmas Challenge. Hi there, I'm Ishan Mane reporting for Kids First, and I am super hyped for this interview. Today I'll be speaking with Mr. Hunter West and Ms. Jenica Schwartzman. Mr. West is an award-winning film director with numerous commercials and films under his belt. His debut feature film, Ridge Runners, has been screened in f- festivals across the country. Ms. Schwartzman is a SAG actress, writer, and PGA producer who has starred in various films including Parker's Anchor and Mr. West's short film, Ridge Runners. We'll be chatting about their newest film, The Christmas Challenge, today. Thank you so much, both of you, for speaking with me today. Oh, Sean, it's our pleasure. Yeah, thank you for having us. Of course. All right, so Hunter, where did you get the idea for The Christmas Challenge? Yeah, so um, as you probably know, these Christmas romance movies are everywhere during the Christmas season. And I, of course, have watched them with parents and grandparents for years. We, you know, grab hot cocoa and after a day of shopping or whatever we were doing, we'd sit down and watch one. And so I've always found them really interesting um, because they bridge gap between generations. So grandparents, kids, parents all can watch everything together. And so we've wanted to do um, something together for a long time and we thought with this movie we would just cram every christmas tradition that there could be into one movie so that's where the idea came from awesome and yeah the the premise of a podcast uh studio or i guess a podcast host as a a protagonist is pretty interesting so jenica how did playing the role of a podcast host challenge you and are you an avid podcast listener I am an avid podcast listener. I love listening to podcasts. I do some voiceover work as an actress. And uh, just getting in the studio between me and Zach Gold, who plays opposite me, the fun we got to have in the podcast studio was more too than much, enough. Too much for me? <laughs> it, uh, it translated to screen uh, joy in the chemistry because I really just enjoyed doing the podcast. Um, if anything, I think that I'm inspired to do more of that. Uh, It was fun to uh, see from that side what it's like to care and think about listener engagement, picking subjects and topics that your audience would really want to listen to, and something that you and your producer could riff about for a lot of time. So it was really fun. I liked that part a lot. Hunter, how did you ensure this film stood out from other holiday offerings? Uh, The whole podcast theme, like that's really in right now. I think you can't go anywhere without seeing more podcasts pop up. We wanted we wanted to be current with that, but also there are so many 
different Christmas traditions that people have. Um, and usually you get to focus on a few. And with this one, we had the opportunity to do 25 days of Christmas. And so just showcasing, you know, some ones that uh, people normally have. And then we talk to each other and figure out ones that maybe our families just had and try to incorporate those as well. Awesome. I love that little personal touch that, you know, was kind of added. That That's great. And I'm sure that'll be, that'll be a really special part of the film. Um, and Jenica, what's the most special part of making a holiday film? Oh, well, the feeling on set was really special because we all had to dress up. And the whole point of the movie is finding that Christmas spirit within all of these activities that bring you closer to people you love, bring you closer to your community, help you step outside of your ideas and norms and help you try new things. Um, and each person, each character celebrated these traditions different. And so seeing how one character would do it versus another character, as actors, especially during a movie COVID, you don't really get to rehearse together. So we got to see a lot of those things play out on set. And so then a lot of stories came about, Hunter sharing about his family. A lot of us have kids, a lot of us have big families and a long love of Christmas movies. So we just got to um, have that really sweet seasonal togetherness. Like it was like a cold winter together. It did actually snow. So Dude. that was cool. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it felt like we had an additional Christmas season that year and it feels special celebrating that now. Yeah, we shot the movie in Nashville, which doesn't normally get a ton of snow and we got a big snowstorm the first week of March. And so it's kind of like, thank you. Yeah. Wow. That's decorated. We're good. <laughs> That's amazing. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Strange World, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, Devotion, Anibo, and The Christmas Challenge. And right now we will be continuing Ishan's interview with the cast of The Christmas Challenge. And um, Hunter, how did you grow from making The, the Christmas Challenge? Um, so this was a big crew. Like Jenica said, we shot it um, in the middle of the pandemic and there were a lot of rules in place um, to keep everybody safe. Um, and, uh, that was very challenging to be honest. Um, filmmaking is such a very close uh, medium. I mean, actors are this close to each other. <laughs> Crews have to be really close to each other and trying to do that and still keep everybody safe was a very big challenge. Um, communicating through masks and shields was a challenge. Um, and then trying to, you know, you want to be as when you're close together, you don't want to be there for 14 hours, which is sometimes how movies can be shot. And so we were there for 10 hours a day. And so we had to shoot everything faster than we normally would. Um, and so I think, you know, us completing a film um, together with our team um, under all those constraints just showed how cohesive our unit was. It definitely is. It's it's, something, it's special to kind of like pull something together, even, you know, despite the odds and despite all the, the crazy adversity that's faced. And uh... filmmaking, filmmaking is hard. Hold on real quick. Sorry. Filmmaking is hard anyway, um, even under the best circumstances. And yeah. so throwing in an extra layer on top of that uh, was definitely challenging. Definitely. But I think I think you guys overcame it and overcame it well, which is which is great. Um, now let's talk about, uh, Jenica, your, your character, Laura Ross. So how is, uh, your character different from and similar to you? And it was just one thing each. Uh, Laura has a podcast called the modernly independent, 
And she really focuses on embracing and breaking down stigmas of being independent and doing things alone. I feel like I identify with how strong-willed and independent she is. Uh, but the way that we're different is that it's easier for me to open up to connecting to people differently and uh, step outside of myself and try new things. And I think that that was really hard for Laura to get there. And uh, what was the most challenging part of playing Laura? Well, I would probably say <laughs> um, COVID made things a little difficult. And so we didn't get to connect as much as I would have loved to in other ways. Um, but I think overcoming and uh, <laughs> uh, being able to spend the time being present and taking care of every single shot in as little amount of time as possible. I feel like it was just a really difficult shoot for those reasons, but all the holiday like connectedness and closeness like really made up for it. So I would say it didn't draw back. It just like really forced us to grow and be really good communicators. Yeah, there were days where Jenica had to shoot like 10, 11 different scenes because of how we shot it. And so kind of keeping track of all that um, and all the lines back to back, all the different podcasts. It, it was it was close quarters. And speaking to your co-star through headphones, like you guys weren't even in the same room. <laughs> yeah, having a romantic chemistry across a glass wall from the character Paul was. Um, I mean, it was fun. Acting challenges are kind of part of the fun. Is you want to do something new and you want to be pushed to. The, you don't want it to be easy sometimes. Yeah. Um, and Hunter, this is your second project working with Janica, right? It was your short film and then this. So how did the dynamic that you had with, um, you know, your awesome actress um, help you or, or, or impact um, your process of putting together the whole film? Yeah, so Janica auditioned just randomly for me about seven, seven years ago. Uh, seven years ago. And so we've just kept a friendship going and... Um, she's very easy to work with she we communicate really well i think we kind of like the same things yeah. and so it's easy when it's easy to talk and communicate which is the biggest part of filmmaking is trying to get on the same page and figure out ideas with each other um, when you find people like that and they're right for the project you just want to do do all all your projects with your friends and it's nice because when you have mutual respect for each other, you can challenge each other. Like Hunter is not afraid to tell me the truth because we're friends, but like have a real foundational friendship. And I feel like as a director, it means a lot to hear the truth <laughs> and not feel like I have to interpret like, but what do you really mean? What do you want me to do better? I feel like uh, that type of mutual respect makes it like a really positive work environment because we all get to grow and we all get to be, um, I don't know, uh, challenged in a good way. Yeah. Like we all get to be better at our jobs as we grow older. Well, thank you both so much uh, for chatting with me today. It's been such fun. And yes, everybody, please do go and watch the Christmas challenge. You can watch it starting in November through Up Faith and Family's premier streaming services and rolling on another platform starting November 22nd, 2022. This is Ishan Mani from Kids First. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I will see you at the movies. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org.
Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, KidsWorld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media from Voice America and iHeartRadio. I'm Avalon from Iowa, reporting for Kids First. Goodbye! Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week.